Hello everybody, this is a pre-recorded Two Smoking Microphones message. My name is Connor and my co-host is Harry. This episode will continue off from where the last episode ended. Enjoy! So Spider-Man 2, obviously. You know, it's a film. Came out in 2004, two years after the first Spider-Man film. Also directed by Sam Raimi and with a screenplay by Alvin Sargent. From a story by Alfred Goff, Miles Millar and Michael Chabon. 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 I'm not going to look at what they did. Because I can't be bothered. No, I respect that. Um, I think it's fair to say Spider-Man 2 is considered to be one of the best superhero films um, ever made. Yep. Um, Even though technically it does do stuff that had already been done in the uh, Superman films. Yes. Um, And I think it's also fair to say that me and Connor love this film. I Um, mean, you're making assumptions there. I know you love it. No, I do love this film. There we go. Um, This film's fucking great. This film's so good. There's no... There's no... Like half ass in it, I think. I think it improves upon the good elements of the first one, but I think it takes. You know, the villain has a clear motivation. You feel and sympathise with him as well. I clear think... motivation. He wants to build the sun. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> that that, that you... is literally his motivation. You <laughs> emphasise with him. You you emphasise with Peter Parker. Um, it takes a really cool aspect of the comic book storyline and does it in its own way, which I think is great. It it made less money than the first one. Did it really? I didn't know that. I thought it made more money than the first one. I did as well, yeah. I thought Spider-Man 2 was like the highest grossing... It's the highest, it was the highest grossing opening weekend ever at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. That's mad. I was sworn it would have made more money. It made $789 million at the box office and the first one made 825 That's mad, isn't it? Like... I do find that a little bizarre, yeah. I really thought it made more. Anyway, sorry. Back onto the films. Yeah, right. it's yeah, just, it's on. just. <laughs> sorry, I went. My mind went completely blank for a second. Um. Yeah, I just. It's, this is the one I grew up rewatching the most. This is the one that, um, I always enjoyed the most. I. The set pieces are great. The Peter's arc is fantastic. Um, Alfred Molina is fucking brilliant in this film. Um, the music's on point. It's just all round a really good film. It's funny in points. Um, I mean, yeah. Bad Man James Franco is also there. Doing stuff, um, yeah. He humiliated me by touching me. It's just, it's 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 cheesy when it needs to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love it. I really love it. Call that Spider-Man 2, then moving on. <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing else to say? Come on. Um, oh, you put me on the spot. You say something. You put me on the spot. Um, I like the moments when the film starts. <laughs> no, I do like, I like how the, the opening in this... I like how the opening on this one is like, here's what happened last time, um, as opposed to just the first one, which is just webs... And DNA and City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the fact he gives you that little kind of artistic recap the, of the first one. The Alex Ross paintings. Yeah. Um, Alex Ross. Um, but yeah, it's got, it's got, you know, it's got um, a horror moment. It's got that moment where they try to saw off his arms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very horror movie-esque, you know. It's people screaming, being dragged along the floor. And also, um, John Landis dies in that scene, which is always a good thing. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think I think this has some of my favorite set pieces 
for the character of Spider-Man as well. Um, no, I lo- like for example the train fight would yeah. always be one I mean, of my favourite. <laughs> yeah, it will always be one of, if not my favourite, Spider-Man set piece. It has become you know I mean? one of the most iconic moments of Spider-Man's history, and it's from that film. Like it's been referenced in ev- loads of other things. Like it's in uh, Into the Spider-Verse. You get a moment where you stop a train in uh, the Spider-Man game from two thousand and yes. whatever year that came out, PS4 one. Um, and you also get sort of Peter Parker trying to pull the the, the um, ferry back together in Tom Holland one. Yes. Yeah. Homecoming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's become one of those. It's an iconic image. Spider-Man stopping that train, and it's tense. Well, I feel, I feel like this must be one of the good things for this film in general. As I think, this film has become iconic, both in superhero film, in film, and in for the character of Spider-Man. Whenever you think of Spider-Man, you think of Spider-Man too. This is one of the ones that really ramp for the Raimi ones anyway. It really ramps up the whole Spider-Man trying to Peter trying to balance Peter Parker and Spider-Man like. There's that obviously there's that very obvious like scene where he's looking in his wardrobe and he's like looking at his suit and looking at his Spider-Man suit like yeah and it's like you know it's basically like oh, here's the two lives you can't really have one without the other and one's and always gonna it, one's gonna always gonna overpower the other which is obviously Spider-Man and I think it does it really well yeah um you I can't have he can't like this is this very very much what this film is about is he can't have it all. Yes, yes. Like he he wants, you know... He is late to class all the time to the point where he's missing it. He can't go and see Mary Jane Watson's play because something else comes up. He's late to his job because something else comes up. He loses his job because something else comes up. It shows the drawbacks to being a superhero. He can't afford to pay his rent, which is obviously... People always... People, I saw a joke that people was like, "Oh, this is absolutely the best version of Spider-Man." It's just him struggling to pay his rent, and he's miserable and depressed. And it's like, why do people love it when Peter Parker's unhappy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why has it become that the most like beloved version of Peter Parker is the one that's unhappy, loses everything? <laughs> that's nothing. It's like, why do we love this man's pain? Well, I think, I think, I think what this film does well is it makes Peter Parker relatable considering he's a superhero like it shows the drawbacks of being a superhero it shows all the negative sides of it that that we can yeah. relate to like struggling to pay your rent or struggling to get to your job on time or struggling to balance elements of your life well that's what and Peter I... Parker was always supposed to be as well he was always like, from even from his debut in 63 he was always supposed to be um relatable re- like... yes exactly and i think i think it achieves it in this a lot better than the first one yes um, i would say so and I think that's why I always preferred this one. It's because I felt like, at least in this one, when I was watching Peter Parker... I felt like sorry. I, so, yeah, when I was watching Peter Parker in this one, I was always like, oh, I can I can relate to this character in a sense. I don't feel that with the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, relate, yeah, to a certain extent, you can relate to him, yeah, apart from the fact that he's a superhero. <laughs> exactly. Because I think the first one shows, oh, look, I'm a superhero, this is great. It's oh, I've, has... got a, I've got a bad guy to fight, I need to bite him. But this one is very much like... He has real I world got... problems. Yeah, and, and I, I always like the scene where he's standing in the window and he's like, am I not allowed to have what I really want? Do I need to sacrifice what I truly want to be this hero? And that's what he kind of has to juggle with. And I, I think that's a really interesting concept for a superhero film to tackle. 
I also love how like it's never it's it's one of those things where it's not it's not re it's not resolved like the film is like oh it has a happy ending Mary Jane Watson left her fiance at the altar so she can go and be with Peter Parker, but then there's that like I was saying before how one life always overpowers the other there's that moment they're kissing and then the, he hears the sirens and it's like no Spider Man comes first yeah like, and you get a little hint on her face as well I mean and the film ends very much like yeah nothing's settled like he's not he's not got what he wants in the end. Like, yeah, he's got, he's with the girl he loves, but he's always going to have to choose what comes first. Between, my real yeah. life, my, my personal life or Spider-Man. Yes. Yes. And the film doesn't resolve that because yeah. It, why, how could you, you can't resolve it. Like, yeah, it's not something that's easily resolved, which I think is what I think is one of the selling points of this film as well. Like you said, it's the fact they don't resolve it. They go, no, this is a, this is an ongoing issue for this character and always will be. So why we can't just resolve it in this film because then there's nothing to pick up upon when it comes mm-hmm. to the next film. And I think, um, yeah, I think I think that's one of my favourite parts of this film is, is, you know, he loses his powers not because of, oh, I got bit by this thing or this has happened. It's more it's, of a, yeah. it's um, a mental struggle. He doesn't know what he wants. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He doesn't know what he wants, so it's kind of like the powers choose for him. It's like, all right, fine. If you don't know what he wants, you know, live your life. Your normal. And he he thrives in his normal life, obviously, for a bit. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm doing well, but then obviously he still can't be with Mary Jane. Yes. Even though it's clear that her fiance is pretty much just a. Re- it's not really rebound because she's never been with Peter, but like Peter is never just open. And yeah. she doesn't. She doesn't like that. She's like, I just want him to love me, like to say he loves me. Just be honest. Yeah. So she's like, fine. If you're not going to do it, I'm going to go and be with this other guy. I'm going to go and get engaged. Even though I don't even know how long I've known him for, and he's been in space for a bit. And I'm going to look severely unhappy the whole time. <laughs> That's just Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. It's just. It's. 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 It's interesting taking a superhero film and showing the mental struggle of a superhero rather than just going, oh, look, I'm a superhero, la, 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 like, especially so early on in the kind of development of superhero films. You know, at this point, we had only really had the first Spider-Man film and a couple of others. Yeah. Um, I know there's there's obviously still, there's probably reasons for it out there, but I'm like, on the top of your head, can you really figure out, like, why does he actually lose his powers and then why do they come back when they do? Like... Mine was always that he loses... My interpretation was always that he lost his powers because he was so... He was in such a struggle with what he wanted. It was more of like a mental mental block. Yeah. And the reason he gets them back is because the love of his life is in danger and he realises that without being this person, a lot of people will be in danger in, in the future. And he... he it's more of a yeah. res- it's a responsibility that he has to do because he's the only one that can have that has the opportunity to do it. So that was my that was always my interpretation of it. That that sequence where he's just absolutely loving his life though. <laughs> Raindrops keep falling it's, on my head. It's the fucking freeze frame at the end. Oh, it's that. fucking beautiful. It's the a blurry beautiful freeze, freeze frame. frame. It's a beautiful freeze frame. <laughs> um, we got to talk about Doc Ock as well. Um, um, I mean, yeah, uh, he, he, he's like, I'm gonna, we were, we're trying to figure out a way for unlimited energy. We're going to make our own little sun that's just self-sustaining. Um, um and, and because of that, his wife dies. I, I, my wife, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to 
connect with this with this thing uh, that the chip that controls it or allows me to control it is covered by a little, tiny little glass thing that can be shattered with a, a jolt Instantly. of electricity. Yeah. Um, my wife. You dies. think you. And You'd my... think he would have made that out of like a separate bit of metal that's not connected yeah. to the rest of it. My wife dies and this AI takes over. Apparently, originally, it was going to be that the um, tentacles were built by Tony Stark. Oh, really? Yeah. Or Stark Industries, that. at least. Like, they were going to reference that. But they didn't. Genuinely didn't know that. No. Um, obviously, they weren't. And, uh, yeah, then the tentacles were like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do everything now. We're going to, we're going to, we want... We want you to build the sun again, for some reason. Well, he's 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 fueled much more by the rage of his wife. Well, it's also the tentacles are controlling him. Like, yeah, they are yeah. taking over his mind, basically. Yeah, they've become, him. They've become like when the, there there's an AI, and obviously the AI is in, under control. Like, there, again, it's not really explained. Like it's just like yeah, they, they he can't control them and they just make him want to build the sun again. Yeah, it is kind of doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but... I guess that's the maybe that's more of the weakness of this trilogy in general is is the motivations of the villains or the kind of explanations for the villains, which is funny because truly explained. We'll talk we'll talk about it more in Spider Man Three, but it was clearly like we're, we're building we were we were building to Harry Osborn. As as a version of the Goblin, like yes. as a final villain, yes, I I firmly firmly believe that without Venom, that's what was going to happen. I know Sandman was probably always in the original script, yeah, but it was going to be different, probably. Unless he, was he still? Do you think he was still going to be like actually Sandman was the real one that killed your your uncle, or do you think Sam Raimi maybe just didn't care at that point? I don't know. Not that like, didn't care, but I don't know. Maybe maybe because of the way. They were making him force Venom in. I don't know. I think at that point, I think because we'll of all the kind of... Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. But I think we'll talk about more of Spider-Man the, 3. But like... Yeah, I think because of all of the kind of studio interference, I think that heavily influenced how much he ended up... Doing, yeah. F- yeah, caring about it. Because obviously in this film, Harry's very much like turning against Peter as well. Like, slapping this is a, Yeah, this is a big setup for Harry. Oh, it's huge. Like, the setup is huge and it's very well telegraphed. Yeah, like you do, you do leave this film thinking, right? He is going to be the main villain of, of the next one. This is going yeah. to be the kind of the main story that they focus on. And, I do. And I think it. I think it builds that really well as well. I do love that scene. When, I mean, it's not. There's not actually much to it, but that scene where he's like after the um, train sequence, where he's taken to Harry Osborn, and then Harry figures it out, and he's like doing his best. I guess I don't know if James Franco is actually doing his best in that scene. But you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I get you. I get you. He's acting somewhat to be like, "Oh no, I can't believe this. You're not the person I expected. You killed my father. I didn't." And then like, Pete again. I think Peter's handling of that scene is a bit bad because he's like, "There are more important things happening right now." Yeah, he could have said a better a better thing than that. I will admit, but yeah, <laughs> um, it's like yeah. I think I think I think the best elements of this film are a hundred percent that you relate to Peter a lot more. I think the film definitely builds up the the villain in Harry for the next film. So you leave this film satisfied with what has just happened, but also quite excited to see this kind of this fight, this battle between these two former best friends for the third one. And I think it really does well in kind of helping develop this world just that little bit more. So, um, 
yeah, and I think it's definitely funny at points, like J. Jonas Jameson at the wedding, where he's like, call the caterer, cancel the caviar. Like, not to open tell him, the tell him not to open the caviar. I love that so much. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's, like, the... it's so pointless, but it's great. Call, De- call Deborah. The caterer? Tell him not to, open, not the to open the caviar. <laughs> like, it's so... It's so <laughs> stupid, but it's so good. Because that is exactly what that character would say. The thing that I think with this film, actually is it feels like the writers and Sam Raimi know these core characters inside out. Like J. Jonas Jameson and Peter Parker um, and Harry, it feels like they're very well developed and well, maybe not the villains as such, but especially our protagonists. They, he, you know Peter Parker's life, you're relating to Peter Parker, yeah. you know how he's feeling and you kind of understand why he's struggling so much. But you also I... get the scene where he tells... Um... May that he he was the basically the reason Ben dies. Yeah, exactly, and it's um, and it's like I love that scene. Like, and and I think I think without all of this development, and I think without having these characters so fleshed out, I don't, I genuinely don't think that Spider Man Two would work as well as it does. Because um, it there's it, definitely with this one as well, it definitely has scenes where it takes its time. Like you said, it has the scene where he speaks to Aunt May, or even the scene. And it's such a simple scene well, of it's, him. It's, it's at this point where the scenes of Aunt May in the first two films aren't like grating, but the f- the scenes of her in the third one are. <laughs> yeah, like it's even. I don't really have anything else. I, was, I wasn't gonna. I was just gonna say yeah, but yeah, I really just like I like the way they handled those scenes with her. They they use her very well in these first two films. Well, they take like, like I said, it takes his time. Like even the scene when Peter Parker's having dinner with Otto and his wife, it's such a. It's such a simple kind of what's like you don't really it's not needed but it's a scene where but it's, it's just him up, like he's a he's a good guy you know yeah or, or and it's just nothing wrong with it he's not a bad guy he's a good guy it's just yeah but it also it takes its time in the scene it's just a simple conversation you get to know the villain a little bit more you get to flesh out these characters that little bit and it really helps by the end of the film and like another small scene is is when uh, Peter's talking to Art May. And she's like, I believe there's a hero in all of us. Yeah, it's such a, it's a, it's when she's basically like, I know you're Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, and it it really takes its time, and it and it doesn't rush it. It starts with him helping her out and going, where are my comic books and all this stuff, and they have this really heartfelt conversation. That's not how it and starts. It, That's actually how the scene ends. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, and it helps it helps spur him on, and I like well, the fact this film has those little scenes. The kid as well, you know, being like, where's, yeah. where's Spider Man? So you're seeing you're seeing how how Peter's mental struggle has affected him, but has also e- affected the world around him. Such as the kid asking, "Where's Spider Man?" Such as Aunt May being like, you know, them having that little kind of not falling out, but the scene that happens in the middle of the film that they didn't know don't see each other till later. Yeah, I mean, she, she I love that because she just he tells her and then he just she just walks away. She's like, "I can't. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't deal um, with this right now." And I yeah, I think without these little scenes I don't think this film would be as successful as it is. No. Um for good, sure. It's a good film. I um, love it. it's I yeah, I absolutely fucking love this film. We've got Joel McHale as the as the bank guy. Yes, I always Be- forget about that. Before he had hair plugs. Yep. <laughs> um Um <laughs> it's funny because he just looks older than he does now <laughs> in that film. <laughs> yeah. Because of his hair, um, I like. I do like the little fight in the bank. Yeah, that's always fun. I do like that fight scene. Here's your change. Um, 
and I like I like the I like the final fight. I like, like how it kind of... goes. I like this going from the scene with MJ in the um in the cafe to all the way to like the uh the end of the train sequence is incredible. Yeah, I just think I just think the final those act in general is really strong. That moment like when you know when after MJ's been taken away and he kind of he walks steps out of the um thing and he gets his power like he gets his powers back drops his glasses that's incredible. It's so like, good. The chills you get watching that scene is like oh he's Spider-Man he's back. Yeah, and I think the music helps amplify that and I think yeah, yeah I think yeah. the final act is just so strong because it doesn't it doesn't miss a beat. It goes right. You've had your build up, you've had your slow scenes. MJ's now been taken. Spider-Man's back. We're going for it. So and the... it doesn't it doesn't stop for breath no. until really when Peter's unmasked by Harry and even then it's still going like it's still like you know you've still got the final part of this final act to yeah. go. We're just giving you a little bit of breathing room. It's also the way they're just go- the way they're going at each other during the train fight. They are fucking going for like, it. Peter's like non-stop just trying to keep like he keeps, he gets thrown off obviously and he's like carries on and then like Doc Ock's throwing people out of it out of him and he's saving them as he's going along yeah like oh it's non-stop it's great and then obviously even though it is a good scene you know the one where they're like the where they get seen with his mask off and they're like he's just a kid even though he's not but you know <laughs> yeah it's just a 28 year old man um, i love the joke that's like this man sees um this man looks at Peter Parker and says, this man is just a kid, and it's literally Tobey Maguire looking about 46. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, no older than my son. What, is your son like 50? Like, yeah, we're so, we sound so harsh. He was only 28. <laughs> no, I know, but I think, I think, as I just, good as Tobey Maguire is, it doesn't sell the... I'm glad the, Hollywood's passed that. Yeah. They're actually getting younger actors to play younger people now is... <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Tobey Maguire is good in these films, and he's good Peter Parker, he's a good Spider-Man. But he not especially in the first one. It is not believable for a second that he's a teenager, or no. young, like n- not in a not in a million years. You look at it the very first instance you see him and go, "That's a that's a man." They that's could have learned twenty eight year old man. They could have learned a few lessons from Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro and the Irishman. Of course, yeah. Of course, <laughs> when Robert De Niro is trying to play a teenager. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Um, anyway, um, we've already mentioned that on these, but anyway. Uh, Spider-Man. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. So yeah, I mean, oh god, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this film. Really, it's it's just solid. Yeah, I think I think nostalgia always hits me when I watch this film. I remember seeing this film in the cinema with my dad. I remember when the when the tie-in game came out, and I I played it so many times as a kid. Like, there's just so much. Oh yeah, I never completed that game, but I remember it. I used to just love swinging around the city playing oh, it. I completed it so many times, but like. I found it so hard when I was younger. I'm, I'm, I've always been bad at games. <laughs> this was the superhero. This was the Spider-Man film. Even though I grew up on it and I grew up on like the cartoons and stuff, this was the Spider-Man film that made me realise that Spider-Man was like my favourite superhero. Which is funny because he is literally the most popular superhero. <laughs> but it, it's nothing wrong with that. Like, but obviously no, no. he's my favourite superhero. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, but I think because he's relatable of... and that's why he's so popular. That's why he's had so many films. That's why his comic series has been going since 1962. Yes, exactly. Well, I think he, um, I think the official Spider-Man series started in '63, but he debuted in '62, in Amazing Fantasy issue 15, I believe. Yes. If I um, got that right off the top of my head, that's pretty cool. I think you have. I've currently been I've been in the process of the it is not. I just making a. I literally was just about to type in Amazing Fantasy, and the first option is Amazing Fantasy number 15, and it's the picture of Spider-Man swinging, carrying that guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I was going to say I've been I've been in the process of making like a 
a YouTube video about Spider-Man over the past few months, and that's something I've been researching, and you are right. Um, I've read the is, first issue. First appearance. I've read the first issue of The Amazing Spider-Man. You can get um, you can get it all on the Marvel Comics app. Yeah, yeah that's where I read it. Yeah. Do you know I'm there's kindly... a, po- a point in the first issue of, Ama- of Amazing Spider-Man where he's called Peter, Pal- Peter Palmer? Nice. Which is random. Yeah. I'm currently subscribed and reading the um the current comic run of Spider Man um to celebrate sixty years. It's really interesting. Um so I'll, I definitely recommend that. I want to get a hold of um Spider Man Life Story. Yeah, I I've been wanting to read that for a while as well actually. Actually I recently yeah, on I was gonna talk about it on our um recap, which would have been which would have been released by now hopefully. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I recently read, finally read the comic I bought during uni, the Spider-Man Renew Your Vows one. Oh, right. Which yeah. is an alternate universe version of Spider-Man. How is where it? He's, it's all right. It's only five issues, but like it's a, it's a, it's an, it's an in, interesting concept. He's um, the Avengers are all killed by some by something. Yeah. Um, and like the heroes have to go into hiding. Um, and Spider-Man's married to MJ and has a has a daughter. Oh, nice. Um, but it's only five issues, and it's like, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was alright for a little short, like short uh, paperback, trade paperback. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I mean, like, I want to. I love. I want to read more Spider-Man comics. So, like, yeah, Life Story sounds like a really good one because it's like encompasses a lot of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know how long this episode is going to have been, but that was Spider-Man Two, I guess. Unless there's anything else you've got to say about it, like. I wasn't. I was gonna say, John Jameson. To... John Jameson doesn't like you know. Uh, he gets very angry and then he never comes back. Yeah, we never see him again. John Jameson. He he becomes a uh, a werewolf in the comics. Oh yeah, Manwolf, the Manwolf, and Star God. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, do you wanna do you wanna rate it? Right, we were didn't, oh yeah, I was gonna say we didn't rate the first one. Yeah, we did. Uh, well, I mean, it's obviously best movie ever, isn't it? A hundred percent, it's best movie be. ever. Also, no... John John Jameson has also been the husband of Jennifer Walters, She Hulk, in the comics. Nice for some reason. I think Peter Parker's probably dated She Hulk in the comics as well. Yeah, I think they used he to has. put him with everyone. They even put him with Kitty Pride. <laughs> nice, even though Kitty Pride is mostly gay. I believe. Most yes. of the X Men are gay, to be fair. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's why it appeals so much to um the LGBT community. Yeah. Because most of the X Men are gay and a lot of them I don't know if it's I think it's implied in the comics or they've actually done it in the comics, but like Cyclops, Wolverine and Jean Grey are like in a in a freeway relationship. <laughs> nice. <laughs> basically. Like I don't know if it's just implied or if it's fans just being like Yeah, that's basically what is going on here. Like all three of them are in love. <laughs> they love each other. Just which is fun, um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like there, were, yeah, Spider-Man Two ends with like a lot of like open-ended kind of stuff. Like you do get the impression like, are they going to do something with John Jameson? Which they could have done. Like we've talked about this before, and how he could have been the one that brought the symbiote back to Earth. Yeah, it ends very much with right. There's we have set a lot up for a future. The next film, like MJ is, is clearly um, going to be unhappy. <laughs> like we yeah. get that impression right away. Um, and then and obviously Harry like, Osborn's going to come back as a villain. Yeah, and, and it's like, right, so the next one is going to be very big. We're going to really kind of help take on these issues and tackle them. Do they do that? You will have to find out when we talk about Spider-Man 3. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. The next part will be released very soon. In the meantime, you can follow us at Two Smoking Microphones on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow both me and Harry on Twitter at ConnorJordan underscore 96 and at Harry Young Edits. Thank you for listening and don't forget to enjoy your scones. <laughs>